So we have a few minutes in which we're going to speak about good to you. As Pastor Scott said, this is the beginning of a series, a mini-series here in August on God's goodness through the generations. I'm going to begin by reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 33, and verse 19. I don't even remember which version of the Bible I'm using. It's probably the NLT. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Um, So goodness. Goodness gracious me. Oh my goodness. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Don't we use that word good or that word goodness so commonly in our lives? Almost flippantly sometimes. But what does it actually mean? So a dictionary definition from Oxford Languages says the quality of being morally good or virtuous, a belief in the basic goodness of mankind. Do we have a basic goodness within us, I wonder? It can be described as virtuous. But think about Jesus when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment and virtue or goodness, left him. It brought healing to her. Righteousness, it can mean morality, ethicalness, if there's such a word, uprightness, upstandingness, integrity, principle, dignity, pureness. Lack of corruption is goodness. The Merriam-Webster also says... The definition of goodness means the quality or state of being good. Where where is goodness found from humanity's point of view? Uh, In the New York Times in 2020, they did an article called, Are You a Good Person? Are you? And it said that goodness is expressed through loving kindness, generosity of spirit and deed, and the thoughtful consideration of others. It can be as simple as offering to let someone ahead of you in line, or as complicated as making years long sacrifices of freedom because someone you love needs your help. So goodness can come in the tiniest form or in the biggest form when it comes to humanity and mankind. Although we use the words goodness and kindness interchangeably, we're more likely to show kindness to people we know. It's easier to be kind to people we know, to give them things, to care for them. Um, But goodness is a little bit different because it can be seen as something done, irrespective of whether we know someone, whether we like them or not. So goodness is a stronger thing in a way because goodness can be done to a stranger. I'm going to give you a real-life example of a stranger who tried to do good to me. So I was leaving KT after a function. I can't remember if it was a wedding or a funeral or something else, just a couple of months ago. 
and I had some foodstuffs and I had some water, packed the car up, and I headed off to the next part of wherever I was going, and I really can't remember where it was. But I was going up the North Circular Road, and I stopped for petrol, because I needed some petrol before I got to where I was going. So I filled up with petrol, and I went back onto the North Circular. And... Um, the, 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 the traffic was quite heavy, and you know sometimes if you're a driver, you see a car next to you, but depending on how quick that queue is going, you kind of see somebody, then you don't, then you see them. But there was this man in a car next to me, and it was as if he was trying to kind of tag me. So I was getting a little bit irritated. And finally, we were next to each other, so I wound down my window, and he wound down his window, this stranger, and I said to him, what's your problem? He said, I haven't got a problem, but your problem is that you have a banana on your roof. <laughs> Picture, please. Hey, where's the technical? Hey, they spot my thing. I was quite shocked. I burst into laughter. And he, again, looked at me like, well, she must be really strange if she thinks that's funny. Can you all see the banana on the roof of my car? What's even more funny is that I drove from KT with the banana on my roof. It stayed on my car. I put petrol in my car. I passed the banana and went to pay for the petrol and came back to my car, and I never saw it. So I think that that guy was pretty good to me, even though maybe I didn't deserve it. Hope that made you laugh. A banana on a car, and it stayed on. But we can. We're willing to do good to people that we've never met, to strangers. But God, or good, is who God is. And that's the very best definition of good. Who God is. So Psalm 107, verse 1 in the ESV, 107, verse 1 says... Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. There in his goodness, it speaks about his love. Just like earlier on in Exodus, it spoke about the mercy, the compassion of the Lord when it talked about his goodness. In God's goodness, he is sovereign, possessing supreme or ultimate power in his goodness. There's no power higher than him. There's no power greater than him. He is supreme. He's supreme over our circumstances. So he's sovereign over our circumstances. Sometimes our circumstances are fantastic. And sometimes our circumstances are not good. He is still the ruler, the supreme, the sovereign one over all our circumstances. He is good and he's full of goodness. He rules. He sees everything. He's in control of everything, even when it doesn't seem like it. So when difficulties come, and to us it seems overwhelming, unfair, unjust, when it seems like wickedness is reigning, God has the full picture, and he is still good. In the midst of tragedy, in the midst of upheaval, in the midst of chaos, he hasn't changed his nature. He is good, and he's full of goodness. It's a bit like a parent, but on a much larger scale, although we are his children. 
where they would say to their children, we're going here and we're going to do this. And the children object. They can't see rhyme or reason why they can't have their way. But later, they see that the parents in their wisdom knew what they were doing because they had a wider perspective. When we look at the different things happening in the world today, our perspective is still narrow. We will look at the nation of the Ukraine being torn apart. We will look at Nigeria, where (laughs) the number of Christians that have been killed this year alone is phenomenal. And we would look at that one thing and think, where is God? Or we would look at a tragedy in our lives, or we would look at a sickness going on in our bodies, or we would look at the financial lack that we might be going through right now, and we'd say, where is God? But God has the wider picture of the world. He sees everything and is knitting everything together. Yes, some people call it he allows things. I just know that when sin came into the world, anything could happen. And God is busy fixing it and bringing to pass his will, his purpose, and his plan. So Moses said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. This from when Moses is asking God that God's presence goes with Israel or they won't move. They're in the desert, heading for the promised land, the cloud by day, the pillar by a fire by night. But Moses is saying, we're not moving if your presence doesn't go with us. And so God says, all right, they're having a conversation. I'm going to cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. Now, goodness here and in many other places in the Bible can be translated as the best. So God is saying, I will cause all of my best to pass in front of you. God is good to you today. God gives his best to you today. God also proclaimed his name in the presence of Moses, the Lord. He identified himself. He told Moses who he is. Today we're identifying him as good and full of goodness The declaration he makes out of his goodness is that he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. And he will have compassion on whom he will have compassion. He will do those things as he wills. So how do you really know that he is good to you? We can hear testimonies of the way God has rescued us out of situations. Some have received miracles of healing where it seemed impossible. Others received financial breakthrough where it seemed impossible. And we can give many examples. I remember years ago, I was in a lot of debt. And I wanted to travel as well. You know, like I needed a couple of thousand pounds to go on a mission. And uh, it didn't seem possible that I could afford to go anywhere. And then I was asked to claim something that I was owed. I didn't think much of it, but I got 12,000 pounds. It was a long time ago. (laughs) But when you think back, what has God done in your family's lives, your parents' lives, those of you who knew your grandparents, perhaps? Is there evidence that he was good to them? And is there evidence 
that he is good to you in spite of everything. In reading his word, we see throughout history his goodness and kindness towards Israel at first, irrespective of their behavior. He remained the same. He remained good. He remained the one who wanted to rescue and heal them and put them back together no matter what they did. We see when he opened up salvation to non-Jews, his goodness again. In his goodness, God chose to save humanity through Jesus Christ. Is he good to us? How many of us can say we're born again in here today? He's given us salvation. He's redeemed us. He's good to us. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and by his goodness. He called us by his goodness. He's good to us. This word of God is the place that shows his goodness toward mankind. It's full of promises to us that we see in our lifetime many times come to pass. Let me give you some examples of promises in his word. It's so important that we know what he says because this is how we know who he is. So in 2 Peter 1 Three, that's the same scripture again, sorry. There was the promise. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him because he called us by his own glory and goodness. Zephaniah, who knows where Zephaniah is? Where's the last time you read Zephaniah? Zephaniah 3, 17. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty saviour. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Aren't they amazing promises that he will take delight in you with gladness? With his love, he will calm all your fears. He rejoices over you with song. All through the Bible, we see statements of his goodness, statements of who he is, examples of his goodness Toward us, is he good to you? Who else can promise to do all of that and then really does it? We can say that out of the goodness, we have promises such as forgiveness of sins, answered prayer, rescue, provision, Strength in tough times, in difficult situations, ever-present. He thinks of us. Hope. The list could go on and on. If I kept saying the promises of God, we would be here all night long. His goodness causes an overflow from his creation. Look at some of the expressions of man in his words. And actually, I'll go across to, or I'll say it from my memory, the, the, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord in Psalm 19. Even the heavens, his creation declares him, his goodness, his glory, who he is by that which he created. There was a, a, a song that was written, I think, in Kensington Temple years ago, and it was on an album about um, 
good, God, God is good or something. And, and the song was God is so good. But one of the lines in it was, and the natural things speak of the invisible. There is Psalm 19, the heavens declare God's goodness. Everything natural speaks of him, the invisible God. And so Psalm 139, where we see how his word is expressed by man. Uh, Verses 17 and 18, NLT for sure. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. He's thinking about you. He's good to you. This creator is thinking about you. They cannot be numbered, those thoughts. There's so many, so many. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still there. You haven't gone anywhere. This morning's sermon, if some of you heard it with our visiting speaker, Paul Hudson, talked about living in a higher realm. On Wednesdays, as Pastor Scott spoke about, we are entering the presence of God. So when I wake up, you're still with me. His presence always with us, never leaving us. Second Chronicles verse 6 Chapter 6, even in verse 41. Now arise, Lord God, and come to your resting place. You and the ark of your might. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. So what does man do in response? Rejoices in his goodness. It's something to rejoice about. Nehemiah chapter 9 Verse 25, they captured fortified cities and fertile land. They took possession of houses filled with all kinds of good things, wells already dug, vineyards, olive groves, and fruit trees in abundance. They ate to the full and were well nourished. They reveled in your great goodness here again. Reveling. That's like partying, enjoying yourself so much in a party-like fashion. They reveled, they parted over the goodness of God. That was the reaction of man in the word when they found out how good he is. Psalm 27, a very favorite of my learned friend, Pastor Scott. Psalm 27 and verse 13. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Didn't you pray that for me? Hope is in his word. His goodness brings you hope. Is he good to you? Do you sense hope even when situations are difficult? He is the God of hope. He's good. Psalm 145, verse 7. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. So again, we have celebration being expressed about the goodness of God, celebration. Then Psalm 23, verse 6, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here we see the desire that comes Because of God's goodness, surely your goodness, your mercy, your compassion, your grace, everything about your goodness will follow me all the days of my life. I want your presence with me. I want your goodness in my life. 
is what the psalmist is saying. So when the worship was going on earlier on, and Marenike was leading, um, worthy, worthy is your name, Jesus. And then here is my worship. I began to hear some scriptures. Hallelujah. And so I want to read from Revelation chapter 4. To me, this is what pours out at the realization of the goodness of God. Is he good to you? Is he good to you? We heard a little bit of this chapter this morning, but I'm going to start from verse 8 of Revelation chapter 4. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created. He willed, his goodness willed each of us into being as well as the worlds, the galaxies, those places where man is striving to reach. And they still don't know the half of what God has created out there. Revelation chapter 5. Worthy is the Lamb, verse 8 again. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And that's another sermon. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation uh, and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, here it is again, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, amen, and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever. His goodness is seen. And out of his goodness comes worship. Out of his goodness is an overflow of I have to do something about the goodness of God that I see in the land of the living while I am yet alive. Yes, I have pain. Yes, I have difficulty. There's a scripture that says I fall down, but I get up again. When I fall, I will arise. Because God is good. 
And we here are entering times of refreshing in his presence and reaching for him no matter what. We're reaching for his goodness. Is he good to you? My final question, and I'll ask the worship team to come back, please. Are you convinced that he's good? Even though trials come, can we still declare God is good to me? God is good to my friend. God is good to my family member. God is good always in every situation. Here is the question posed in Psalm 116 and verse 12. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me?